Welcome back to the podcast. This is Bedrock Thoughts, and it's a podcast where we talk about everything and anything under the stars. I feel like I keep switching up everything and anything. I either say anything and everything or I say everything and anything. You know, it's fine. It's not that deep. Don't don't hold this against me, okay? I'm your host, On Ping. Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. I still can't really decide on how I want to introduce my episodes, but I think this is just kind of sticking. You know, if I switch it up one day, just don't mind me. Do not. Don't say anything. We'll just keep going. <laughs> okay? Life goes on. BTS. Life goes on. <laughs> If y'all didn't know, I'm a huge um, K-pop stan. It's kind of died out a little, but um, yeah, basically we started as most people, 2012 Gangnam Style. I, my friends, (laughs) when I was, I was like 11. I was literally like 11. My friend, you know, invited me over to her house. I come over. She's like, you've got to see this video. My mom showed it to me and I cannot believe what is going on. This was before, okay, y'all, I just need to like flex a little. This was before Gangnam Style became like the phenomena that it was. So (laughs) she plays this video on YouTube. This was back in, you know, the Wild West of YouTube low key. I feel like Wild West YouTube was like 2008 to like 2012. It's really different now. YouTube's really strange. Everything's so, like, monetized, and people are so, like, not unhinged. Like, have we gotten less unhinged on YouTube? It was a different time. 2012. (laughs) She plays Gangnam Style, and I'm watching it. I was like, what the fuck is going on? What is this? Why are we pelvic thrusting into the Ethereum? (laughs) Why is this man, like, boxers and all, just, like, doing this? (laughs) But, you know, give it, like, a few months, and then suddenly, Gangnam Style is playing everywhere. People are making, oh my god, this was when people were making, like, the YouTube covers, and they would, like, spoof videos. And so Gangnam Style was just, like, covered, like, all the time. Everything was, like, spoof Gangnam Style. I, what a time. What a time in the internet. I really, I really miss those days. <laughs> Low-key. Those are the good old days. I I love when, like, our parents are like, ah, the good old days. And it's, like, I don't know, the 80s. Like, disco-y, um, the, um, 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 the jazzercise. <laughs> I don't know what that's all I can think of. I just remember like the the neon tights that they wore and the frizzy hair. And then they would just like do weird like exercises. Is that Jazzercise? <laughs> Does Jazzercise still exist? Also, oh, where are the discos? Why can't we have discotheques? Like that's such a vibe. Um, What was I talking about? <laughs> 
Gundam style. <laughs> but our good old days are like, um, did anyone read Warriors? Because <laughs> my good old day was like Warrior spoofs, Minecraft uh, parodies, uh, Captain Sparkles, if y'all <laughs> remember, uh, the Gummy Bear song, What Does the Fox Say? Um, oh, Key and Peel, <laughs> Key, um, the Nyan Cat. <laughs> like, those were our good old days, y'all. The Wild West of the Internet was our good old days. Where we would all just, like, communicate via email. Did anyone do that? My whole class communicated via massive email chain. And while I was cleaning out my emails, I found, like, a bunch of them. The way we would, like, send each other pictures of, like, as if we weren't stuck together. So I was in, like, the same class with the same people for, like, three years. And sometimes, like, even more. And the way that five days a week was not enough for us, that we had to send each other updates over the weekends. <laughs> that was wild. Like, I saw one of the emails and someone was like, oh, I this is me and my dog this weekend. Miss y'all. <laughs> like, what? You, you're telling me that y'all spent... We spent literally, okay, like, 8 in the morning, maybe even 7.30 in the morning until, like, 3 in the afternoon, and five days a week, and that wasn't enough? <laughs> Life was so strange. <laughs> um, Yeah, so that's kind of how my K-pop thing started. Exposure, first exposure to K-pop was Gangnam Style and also this one girl who was, like, eight years older than me was listening to like girls generation and she like shoved her um ear pod ear pod <laughs> we didn't have AirPods. earphone it was like the mp <gasps> we had mp3s okay okay it was the <laughs> she shoved her mp3 uh pod <laughs> bud earbud in my ear and it's like you need to listen to this and so i just like listened and i was like i don't know what they're saying <laughs> i don't know what's going on <laughs> that was my first exposure actually <laughs> but then after that um i watched uh big bang fantastic baby and i saw top with the <laughs> okay this was when i had an obsession with the color turquoise this was back in the you know when we all wore like turquoise necklaces and like chevron? <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah, I just, <laughs> I just really like turquoise. So, so I saw Top with the <laughs> with the turquoise hair, and I was like, I want him. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's how that started. And then I wasn't actually like into into K-pop until like BTS when I watched um their dope music video and I saw V and I was like this one. This one is my boo. Um 
now I feel really like Suga because he's depressed like me. <laughs> v kind of like Taeyang kind of gives off like like F boy vibes now. Like he kind of gives off like Harry Styles level F boy. Where like I know if I met him in real life, like he would be nice, but I just don't know if I would get along with him. A Suga bro put me and Suga in a room like I will <laughs> put him on my podcast <laughs> me and Suga can talk about suicide and depression his mind is just so extra wrinkly like if you read some of like Suga's lyrics and his raps and stuff oh my god the level of just ingenuity and like how he's always so deep cut and he's so intentional with his music. Even like the freaking Samsung ad that he like wrote music for it. Like that was incredible. It was like a, like he put like an orchestra and everything together. And now I think it's like one of the official Samsung ringtones. Holy shit. Just a musical genius. And I freaking love music. Like, music has been part of my life since forever. Um, yeah, I just, like, the amount of respect that I have for him and his gray, wrinkly brain is insane. That's why I feel like, yeah, me and Sugar would probably get along. We'd have a, a deep conversation. I feel like he's the type of person to not really judge who you are. V, on the other hand... I just, like, do not want to be perceived by him. Ever. I don't want him to look at my face ever. I don't want him to know that I am a person that exists. I don't know why I have that, you know, sense about him, but I just, like, cannot. I can't deal with that. Like, how he's so perfect, and I just, like, that's so embarrassing to me to be seen by him. Does anyone else have, like, a celebrity crush like that where it's, like, I never want... Oh, my throat just kind of grumbled. <laughs> my throat is speaking. She has words to say. Where, okay, where you have a celebrity crush and they're just... Your parasocial relationship with them has gotten so strange that you... It's just weird. Okay, it's weird. It's weird that I have thirst edits thirst tiktoks of you saved on my phone and i have literally all of your pictures downloaded for some reason i don't know i go back there and delete them constantly but i screenshotted and kept pictures of you and i know so much about you and your life that if i were to meet you in person i would be embarrassed of myself like i think i would have an existential crisis <laughs> You're not supposed to be real, okay? Uh, also, I was just listening to Brittany Broski's podcast and she was kind of talking about like that parasocial relationship and her having the same kind of relationship with her fans. I cannot imagine that. It's such a crazy concept. And like, I know, especially for influencers, it's a lot easier because it's like they post a lot, a lot of their lives online. And so you know they're a real person. And 
I don't know. It's just something about like big people, like people that I really admire. I just like it's kind of weird to see them. I don't know. It's it's so strange. Like they're yeah. Well, okay. So if y'all didn't know, I was in event programming, and so you know, I've they're not like a list celebrities, duh, but. You know, I was able to, like, meet some, like, you know, mildly famous people. And, oh, my God, like, (gasps) I was on a Zoom call with Kalani, (laughs) y'all. Can we talk about this? I had a topic for today. I will get to it, but I just need to say. So, we were on a Zoom call with Kalani. She, we, we paid so, (laughs) I want to throw up. We paid so much money for her to it was pre-recorded okay it was a good perform okay kalani is a great performer it was amazing but it was pre-recorded and then they played it you know for the school like live like uh, people this was during covid so everyone was on their computers we watched her pre-recorded performance and then um my like boss was like okay now let's hop on the zoom call you're gonna meet her because usually for these like big concerts for the planners like we get to meet the artist so she's on the call right and we just like people just weren't talking they were so starstruck which okay makes sense right but it's like We put celebrities on such a high pedestal that when we meet them, it's like, you don't exist. You're not real. Here's Kalani, tattoos and all, in a baseball cap. She's sitting in this, like, hanging chair. You know the little hanging chairs with, like, uh... Oh, what are are they made of? Like, twine? No. (laughs) It's, like, made up of, like, wood. Those, like, wood little um they look like eggs they're like a little egg basket that you sit in with a cushion at the bottom and it like strings up from from the ceiling yeah she was sitting in one of those and girl she looks so fine with all her tattoos and everything she's sitting there i could tell like what her stance is you know you know when you like sit forward and you put like your your elbows on your knees like that i feel like that was kind of the stance that she was in but of course we can only see like her upper half of her body and so and people were just like not speaking like the questions that they asked you're like oh how's your baby that was when she like just had her baby i think or maybe her baby was like a year or two old and she's like oh yeah she's great and everything and then it was just like silence (laughs) you know when like on zoom in classes like people don't want to speak up because they don't want to like speak over someone but also it's really awkward so it's just like silent that was kind of how it was so there's like mm, 10 12 of us in kalani in this zoom call it's dead silent and i go kalani i love your plants in the background she's like oh my god yes and i was like here is my plant (laughs) also (laughs) kyle y'all remember him kyle 
Kyle was like, I want to be in the Zoom call. But he wasn't like on it on it. He was like sitting in the corner of my room and watching it all go down. <laughs> it was so fucking awkward. But I grab my um, sago plant. It's a Japanese sago uh, palm. And I grab him. And I just like shove this giant ass like tree <laughs> into my like camera. And I was like, this is Tiago, my Sago plant. <laughs> Ew. I just couldn't stand the awkward silence. And it was just so much. The same thing happened. I um, had a Zoom event with uh, Hassan Minhaj, which I, I get like he's kind of in some deep shit right now for faking his things. But he you got to admit the the man is funny. And he's a great storyteller, despite him <laughs> literally, like, faking things. But it was just, like, behind the scenes before we, like, went on air, we, first of all, we, like, came up with a bunch of, like, questions beforehand because his agent was like, we need to vet all the questions. You can't just ask them, you know, willy-nilly. So these are all, like, pre-thought of questions. But, like, behind the scenes, you know, I invited some people, um, some collaborators to, like, ask the questions to him. And behind the scenes, I was like, oh, yeah, like, he's about to join the call. You know, you can just, like, chat with him. Hassan joins. He's talking about, you know, this show that he just did and the show he's about to do. So, I guess he just, like, shoved us into, like, an hour window for our event, even though we paid, like, thousands of dollars. Ooh, I don't know if I'm supposed to say all this. Yeah, we paid like thousands of dollars for him. Not even thousands of dollars, but I, I don't want to tell you the price. I think it actually like hurt me to see um, his honorarium. But basically, um, <laughs> bro, it was so awkward. The way that my two supervisors looked at each other and then like tried not to laugh because people just would not say shit. He was just like, also, this, like, recording of this is, like, somewhere floating around in, like, a computer drive back at school. But um, people were, like, just awkward. And Hassan was, like, trying to make conversation. He was, like, how is everyone? How is school? How's the pandemic? You know, all these things. And then people just, like, nod or shake their heads or just, like, laugh. But they would all be muted. And I was like, please, God, someone talk to him. This was, I was like, this is once-in-a-lifetime chance that you get to, like, talk to him. I don't know. People are just – people get starstruck so easily. And there's, like, one question – oh, my God, I can't remember it. But he, like, asked a question, and then people just, like, smiled and nodded, and then it was just, like, silent. And then uh, – I go, I unmute myself and I go, anyways, we're going to start. <laughs> we're going to go live in five seconds. <laughs> it was just so awkward. I wanted to die. Um, Yeah, that event was very stressful and we ran through the, the um, questions way too fast. So <laughs> it was just weird at the end because we're supposed to like, wrap up on this one final question and i was like making notes okay 
we have this shared like document with all the questions and I was making notes on there. I was like, hey, make sure, you know, before you ask the question, because we don't want it to sound like some kind of, uh, I mean, it is an interview, but it's supposed to be like a fired side chat. You're supposed to kind of, you know, take their answers, kind of give feedback. And then also, you know, if you can relate to them, try to relate to them. Right. That's just like how you run these things. And so I was like, don't just ask the question, like try to give them a little bit of a follow up. But I like, we just weren't doing that basically. And so we were running through these questions like crazy. And the last question that I wanted to save was like, this one girl like really looks up to him. So I was like, hey, you know, you can say, I really look up to you and I really enjoy your shows. Like what's the next, you know, big thing for you? You know, we can, that's a great question to end on. But we were running through them so fast. We had like mm, 10-ish minutes left of the event and we were already like approaching the last question. And I typed really fast in the shared document so that they could see. And I was like, we need to slow down. Ask him something else. Like we need to save this for the end. She doesn't see that. She asks the final question. He answers it. And now it's really awkward. And we don't have any more questions he, Hassan's literally scrolling in the Zoom chat, trying to answer stuff about, like, someone asked, like, have you seen the new Space Jams? And he's like, oh, yes, love it. And I was like, I have not seen the new Space Jams, so I can't ask you any follow-up questions for this. And this is all really awkward. <laughs> I really wanted to die in that moment. Anyways. Celebrities. And parasocial relationships are really strange. I just think, like, if you treat celebrities like the humans that they are, it's really not that bad. It's it's not. It's just, like, it's weird. <laughs> it's really weird when you meet someone that you admire and you, you've, like... It's not, like, necessarily on purpose. I, I feel like, you know, how they market themselves is, is that way where... They market themselves as someone who's just like unreal and so perfect and, you know, whatever. And so that's in our brain. We're like, these are not real people because they are unlike any of the people that I actually know. And so it, it makes sense that we do this, that we create these parasocial relationships. And we're like, okay, let me put this pers person on a pedestal. They're not real to me. They might as well be an anime character. And... Yeah, so, like, when we meet them, we don't see them as humans because we never did, right? Like, it's weird for me to meet someone and then be like, I, yeah, have your thirst trap saved. I have all your photos saved. I know everything about you. You don't know shit about me. You didn't know I existed until now. This is really strange. Let's not do this ever again. Yeah, that's that's kind of my my tangent. Anyways. I was going to talk about uh, this thing that I came up with uh, that I don't know if it actually works, but I have been going with it for the past two or three years. And it's a, it's a very individualistic, maybe, very, I don't know, you can give me your comments about this, but... I'm calling this the, hmm, interesting mentality. <laughs> and it is exactly what it sounds like. It's when 
something happens, a situation, you're overwhelmed with emotion, and you have to step back, and you have to ground yourself, and you have to say, hmm, interesting. (laughs) So let me put this in. Okay, so y'all know that I am a people pleaser, right? Okay, well, if you didn't know, here here I am. I am major people pleaser. It just, like, this kind of saying really makes me try to, like, take myself out of it. Because I involve myself so deeply in the opinions of other people that I need that reminder to be like, okay, step the fuck back, chill out, and just be like, hmm, interesting. I wonder why they said that. So if I get... For example, if I get criticism that, you know, kind of hurts, I need to step back and be like, hmm, interesting, I wonder why they said that. Or I wonder why they reacted that way. Or I wonder what I did. I just think, okay, so the hmm part is, you know, don't take it seriously. Think about it. That's the that's the reminder. It's like, hmm, pause, take a second, breathe, Okay interesting when you say interesting it it makes it more like philosophical it makes it more like it makes you more curious if you say oh that's interesting it means like oh cool like either let me learn more or like you know if you don't know i'm sorry (laughs) i'm trying to explain when you say hmm interesting you're being like, okay, you know, I can learn more about this if I want to. So let's say you get a piece of criticism. Someone comes to you and is like, I hate your nose. Okay. I hate your nose. It looks so chunky. It doesn't fit your face. I just don't like it. Okay, great. In that moment, you're probably feeling shocked angry, um, offended, embarrassed, shamed. You probably feel really bad about yourself. Step back and be like, hmm, that's interesting. Why would you say that? Or what did that do for you? Why did you need to say, say it to me? Do you, like, where is that coming from? And then also, Think that to yourself. Hmm, interesting. I wonder why I feel X, Y, Z. Why do I feel angry at them? Why do I want to smack them in the face? Why do I, um, why do I now want to see a plastic surgeon? Why am I now very self-conscious about how I look? Like take, if you take a step back and just kind of think about it, you know, you can reach a better conclusion, I think. Rather than taking it very personally immediately, you can be like, okay, them saying that did something for them. It did, they felt something in that moment when they said it. So let me, you know, let me think through why. Let me think through what their purpose was. What what was the intent? What was the impact, you know? I think it keeps... This mentality kind of keeps me from being reactionary and also, like, maybe even doing something that I regret later. Not to say that, you know, I 
honestly, if we're being honest, I'm very non-confrontational. And so when if someone were to literally come up to me and say that they hated my face, I would just like laugh it off and probably leave. But then like for the next like week or so, I'll be thinking about it. And so, you know, it's not like I would ever like smack someone. It's just that I would like bury myself in a hole. But I, if you are a reactionary person who would be confrontational and would start like screaming at someone, I think this will also kind of help you find that like balance of like, let me not react. But at the same time, let me not dwell on this that much. In like longer term conflicts, it has really helped me not hold grudges because I try to then understand what the heck just happened through someone else's point of view instead of just my own. And I just like, personally, I just don't think grudges really do anything for you because to hold a grudge, you kind of have to keep reliving that incident like over and over in your head. Whenever I do hold grudges, I just like cannot stop thinking about it. And I just keep the you know, it just keeps replaying over and over and over and I just can't let it go. And I think that's where all like the hate and the resentment kind of comes from. And I just think my personal opinion is that if hell was an emotion, it would definitely be a grudge. Because you know how in movies they depict like um, the character is now in hell and they're reliving the same like horrific incident like over and over and over again on repeat and that is like their hell i like that's literally a grudge right and so like grudges are literally your you creating your personal hell and i think when you look at it from that like hmm interesting kind of perspective it just like it kind of separates you from the problem. You can look at it more from like a third party point of view rather than like putting yourself. Obviously, I'm not saying like shut down your emotions. That doesn't help anyone. But like feel the emotions and then also question why you feel them. Because it's like, it, did they just bring out like a deep insecurity within you? Did they just trigger like this trauma? Did they, I don't know. Did they offend your family bloodline? What did what did they do and what did that do for them? That like whole what did that do for you question I've taken from my therapist and Kyle and I kind of discussed it, but it really puts things into perspective and you can keep going down that rabbit hole of like, okay, so what did that do for you? So, okay maybe I should share like a personal experience. So, okay, I had, I've had a few like pretty not so great like friend breakups and it's just like a normal thing of life. You know, you just, sometimes it just comes to a point where you just don't see eye to eye anymore and being with them like kind of hurts, you know? And at that point, there's like a whole other discussion of how how much pain do I endure from someone else? Because I also, at the same time, I don't think it's right to say that 
you should leave it when it doesn't serve you because then it makes relationships very like transactional, right? But at some point, you just see that your paths in life met up for this brief moment and now it just doesn't seem like it's going to stay this way. You're hurt, they're hurt, and it's just like, okay, I just don't know how I'm going to see past this. Um, And it's like, if I have brought up, you know, things that have kind of hurt me, you also haven't really taken steps to change it. And so here we are back to square one in this conflict over and over again. And I just like cannot do it. In that instance, the friend breakup really hurts. It's almost it is. It is like a real breakup. If you think about like with a relationship, it's kind of like you and that friend shared so much together and now you're just going to go your separate ways. And that hurts. But instead of trying to beat them up for it or beat yourself up for it, you just have to step back and be like, hmm, that's interesting. And if you want to dissect the problem further, take that stance and then be like, okay, what did they do wrong? Like wrong in your personal opinion and what did I do wrong? And how are these two, how did we not match up? What was like, like how are we irritating each other? What was going on? What were my own faults? What were their faults? And it's not necessarily a bad thing to, like, see fault in them and to see fault in yourself. Like, both are true, you know? Like, for something to not work out, it means that there was fault in probably both parties. And that way, you don't have to play victim. And they don't have to be the enemy. You know, you can just let the problem go. Just let it go. You know, don't hold a grudge. Just be like, hmm, that was interesting that that happened. Here are all the reasons why I think it happened. Let me move on with my life. Life Goes On by BTS. Wow, this is a very short episode again. Maybe I should start doing shorter episodes because I, like, I can't talk for very long. I've noticed that once I start talking for a very long time, like, I my thoughts just kind of go blank. My brain just goes empty. And yeah, my my speech gets very slow and I have to cut out like a bunch of pauses. If y'all didn't know, like, yeah, all these episodes are edited. Um, Not the ones with guests, but like when it's just me and myself talking because I'm not getting feedback. And so it's very hard for me to talk to myself. It's really weird if you think about it. I am just talking to myself. I'm just talking to my iPad screen. I'm just looking at all the little sound waves pop up as I'm talking. And it's really strange. And I wish I could talk to more people. I think I said that last episode. Um, Yeah. Anping is lonely. (laughs) At least on on this podcast. I am actually making friends, y'all. Be proud of me. I'm making friends out there. Um... Yeah, let me know what you think about the hmm, interesting mentality and let me know if you think there are other instances that you think it would work in 
it's not very developed. It's just like a way that I've been trying to like make myself think so that I don't dwell on, you know, one thing for too long. Just remember that it is never that big of a deal. Sometimes it is, but in the grand scheme of life, this is just, these are just minuscule moments. And that's very scary, but also quite freeing. You know, it really doesn't matter in the end. Just move on with your life. Experience what you want to experience. <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking like this. Anyways, okay, bye. Stay safe.